Well, we're uh, in the introduction of a new series, but it's going to tie into the end of the last series, the Thirsty series. And um, are you thirsty? Are you hungry? I'm thirsty. I'm hungry. <laughs> the series has been um, very enjoyable for me. And, um, you know, we use Psalm 107, verse 9, and also Psalm 63. And um, Psalm 107, verse 9 says, He satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. And then Psalm 63, just the first couple verses of Psalm 63, Oh God, you're my God, early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you, my flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where no water is, to see your power and your glory as I have seen you in the sanctuary. And uh, those passages of scripture uh, keep coming up in my spirit and in my heart uh, day after day. And if you're not thirsty and if you're not hungry, uh, just act in faith. What is act in faith? Well, acting in faith is simply acting like the Bible's true. So if you want to be thirsty and hungry, uh, just say, I'm thirsty, I'm hungry, and read those scriptures. The, the word of God is seed. It'll plant a seed in your heart. And as you water those seeds that have been planted, in other words, you think about it, you meditate on it, and you act like it's true, it'll actually come to pass. So uh, one of the most simple definitions for faith is acting like what God said is true. Acting like what God said, that's the way it is. Acting like you actually believe what he said. So we're going to look um, at Ephesians chapter 1 and chapter 3, and also a, a little bit into Colossians. Ephesians chapter 1 and chapter 3, and uh, a little bit into Colossians. So uh, tomorrow I'm going to put in an order for some books. We're going to be doing a series on the believer's authority, the authority of the believer, and that's what uh, I'm going to introduce to you today. But... Um, Hopefully by next week, according to what they say for shipping, we should have uh, some copies of the book for you, if you would like. Actually, Melody, if you can get mine out of my briefcase, or Jeremy, and I could show you, unless they've updated the cover, <laughs> uh, what it looks like. But um, this book uh, by uh, Kenneth E. Hagan is called The Believer's Authority, and um, this book probably he's known for this book more than almost any other book. And um, some of you have been waiting for me to teach on this. <laughs> um, and so I'm going to teach on it. But uh, phenomenal, the believers over in the Soviet Union, which now is not the Soviet Union, now is Russia, but when it was the Soviet Union, um, as soon as uh, it fell, the believers over there were praying that that uh, block of communism would fall. And the believers here were praying. And once it did, uh, the believers in the former Soviet Union uh, attributed their freedom to two books. The Bible, the Word of God, and the authority of the believer. Because they learned how to take their authority and how to pray. Uh, so that God could do something. John Wesley said... Um, it seems that God can do nothing in the earth unless someone ask him, unless someone first ask him. And, you know, I agree with him. It does seem that way, that the Lord actually is waiting for someone to ask him, uh, you know, someone actually to make up a wall, to stand in the gap, 
to take the place that Jesus would love to take were he here on the earth. But you remember he was here on the earth. He came on the earth. He died, was buried, rose again, and ascended on high on the third day. And um, he did that not for himself, per se. He did it for us. Now, he did it for himself because God wanted a relationship with us and because he loved us. But his heart, his intent, his focus was you and me and those that have gone in the past and those that will be born in the future. Uh, It was for mankind, humankind. And um, Jesus said, it's better for you that I go away because if I don't go away, the comforter cannot come. Speaking of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit cannot come. And I've said uh, many times, and I'll probably just keep saying it, that I don't really like the translation comforter because it makes you think like, oh, especially today, like you want to go get some coffee or hot chocolate, get a comforter and cuddle up and curl up, maybe like a feather one so it's really warm and you're like cozy and comfortable. Oh, this is comfortable. Um, The Holy Spirit actually will infuse you with strength. And infuse you with the ability to stand when everyone else would fall. When under normal circumstances, without the help of the Lord, you couldn't stand. So he gives you standing power and staying power. And I really like how William Barclay describes it. And he has so many descriptions for it, but probably my current favorite one. He says, it's the ability to, in the face of a storm, instead of turning away and shielding yourself, to turn into the storm and stand firm. This is like what the Holy Spirit does to us uh, and gives us. He gives us that power and that ability. So Jesus said, it's better for you that I go away because you're going to have this added to you. You're going to have this on the inside of you, this ability, but not only that ability, this person. The Holy Spirit actually is a person of the Godhead. The Holy Spirit's not an it. The Holy Spirit is a divine being. And um, if you want to have a lesson in humility, look at the Holy Spirit. Because he said, I will not speak of myself, but only I'll speak what I hear. So the Father speaks and Jesus speaks. And how do they speak to you and to me if you're born again today? They speak in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And he hears and then he repeats. And the Bible calls it, uh, you know, his voice like a still small witness or an inward voice, inward witness. And so um, when you're talking about a witness, like, oh, you believe the Lord speaks to you today? Uh, Yes, I believe the Lord wants to speak to every one of us today. And what happens so many times is we're so um, consumed with natural things and the natural way of doing things. Like if you want to go over to McDonald's over there, you have to get up out of your seat and walk over there or get in your car and drive over there. You have to like do something natural. So you say, well, like the Lord's speaking. So like, I don't hear anything. It's really quiet. Well, no, he speaks uh, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. Uh, Proverbs, uh, I think it's 20, 21 says. And then Romans 8, 24 and 26 is um, uh, the they that are the sons of God can expect to be led by the spirit of God. So the Lord will lead you and lead me in our spirits. And really the primary way he leads us is with the inward witness. And so like if you saw an accident and I'd say, did you see that accident? Oh yes, I saw that. Uh, the red car went into the green truck. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I saw that too. Well, it's more like that. The Lord's leading you. Like, do you believe the Lord's leading you to, uh, go to this church or the Lord's leading you, um, to, you know, help this person out that needs some finances, those type of things. And you might be like, well, is it? And you're like, well, yeah, yeah, that's it. And so it's almost like, yeah, so go ahead. Like, yeah, I agree. And that's really uh, one of the primary ways or the primary way, 
way that the Lord leads us and guides us and really speaks to us. And he speaks to us through his word. So one of the greatest things that we could ever learn is what happened when Christ rose from the dead? Like, what really happened? What was the significance of that? And to hear that, you'll have to come on Easter. (laughs) But what happens is we want to know, like, okay, uh, we know something marvelous happened. And if you're born again, you have on the inside of you this knowing on the inside, like, whoa, something's different, something changed. But you may still have, um, well, you still do have to deal with desires of the flesh, And you still may have thoughts that are like not renewed. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12 that we should be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And so what happens is if you are born again and you don't get in the word of God and receive the word of God and listen with the ears of your spirit, you can actually be born again and be frustrated because you're like, you're like, well, I want to do this, but no, no, I don't. I want to do this. And like half the time you're doing this, half the time you're doing this. And um, then you get confused and you're like, what's going on? Well, I'll tell you what's going on. You are a three-part being. You are a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. And um, I haven't been doing an in-depth study on that per se, but I've been noticing over the last three months um, when I read news articles or different things, secular things, it's amazing people that don't believe in Jesus Christ at all would actually like curse him and say terrible things about him. Uh, they are conscious that they are a spirit just by how they describe different things and my body this and this. And, you know, it's just, it's real interesting. That's a total uh, side note. But what happened was um, Brother Hagen started praying the Ephesians prayers. The Ephesians prayers, actually Ephesians 1, Ephesians 3, and then also over in Colossians, are really what you could call New Testament prayers of spiritual hunger and thirst. So you see that um, Paul was hungry and Paul was thirsty, and the Spirit of God inspired him to pray these prayers. So let's turn over to Ephesians chapter 1 and Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 1 and Ephesians chapter 3. How many of you have ever prayed the Ephesians prayers? Have you ever prayed those? Uh, If you have not prayed them, they are a tremendous blessing. Sometimes you're like, Lord, I don't know what to pray. What should I pray? Well, these prayers were inspired by the Spirit of God, and they were given by the Spirit of God. And they weren't just given for the Ephesian believers. They were given for believers everywhere in all times. So if they prayed those prayers, we can pray those same prayers. And if they got results praying those prayers, if Paul got results for them praying those prayers, then you can get results praying for somebody else. So a lot of times we're like, well, somebody says, pray for me. Like, well, what do you pray? Like, Lord, bless them. (laughs) Well, um, sometimes that may do a a little good. But if you want to do someone a world of good from your heart, pray the Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16 through 23 prayer. In the Ephesians chapter 3, uh, verse 14 through 21 for them. And you will find it'll cause changes in their life. Pray it for yourself. It'll cause changes in your life. Now, when you pray these prayers, I encourage you to take um, where it says you and put me in there if you're praying for yourself or put whoever you're praying for their name in there. So, for instance, verse 16 of Ephesians chapter 1, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. 
And I'll start with verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto me a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That margin says, for the acknowledgement of him. Sometimes acknowledge the Lord in all of your ways and he will direct your path. Sometimes all we really need to do to take a step forward in faith is to acknowledge the Lord. I said, Lord, that was from you. Lord, thank you for taking care of me. Thank you for providing for me. Thank you for protecting me. Thank you that I have health, that I have strength, that I have ability, that I have finances, that I have food to eat. Um, the eyes of my understanding being enlightened, that, you, that I may know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints. Do you see what we're doing? You just put your name in there, put yourself in there, or put someone else in there. These prayers... You know, they're not prayers for a new car or a new house or a new pair of shoes or even health and healing directly. But you know, like if you pray these prayers and you get a spirit of wisdom and revelation operating and functioning in your life, you're going to end up with a new pair of shoes, with a new house and a new car and a healthy body. Why, why do I say that? Well, um, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 well, let me just read verses 1 through 3, Ephesians chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints or the believers at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Right? You're faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So what I was talking about in, uh, a little bit ago, the reality is you and I have been blessed with every spiritual blessings in heavenly places by Christ Jesus. That is loaded. That is a loaded scripture. Like it's not by what I have done. It's not by my works. It's not by my studying. It's not by my prayers. It is by Christ Jesus that this has happened. And that we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. But what happens is, uh, you may have read that before. You may have seen that before. You may have seen glimpses of light on other truths of who you are in Christ. But maybe you're not experiencing those. Maybe you haven't had those. Well, you realize if you have a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him... Um, that verse 18 at the end says that you'll know the hope of your calling. What are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints from him? What does that mean? Well, when you're born again, you have become part of the family of God. And in a family, uh, you get an inheritance. I kind of chuckled because you might not have a lot of inheritance. Uh, some people try that you can almost inherit a bill, you know. <laughs> But you're part of a family. You're in that family line. Like, you know, if there's no will, what are they going to do? They're going to come and find the closest next of kin, right? And they're going to be like, hey, you know, aunt so-and-so passed away, and, you know, she left you something. You're like, yeah, this is great. Like, it's millions of dollars. And, like, it's this little picture of her and you when you were a little kid. <laughs> you have an inheritance. Well, um, we have an inheritance, and our inheritance as part of the family of God contains every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Uh, 
And our inheritance actually includes, you can read Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it's written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree, um, that the blessing of Abraham may come unto the Gentiles. Spiritual death, separation from God, going to hell, is part of the curse. Poverty is part of the curse. Sickness is part of the curse. Well, Christ has redeemed us from the curse being made a curse for us. And you see, uh, I don't have time to go into every single scripture, but there's so many scriptures concerning healing. There's so many scriptures concerning uh, prospering. And um, I like the word prosper. Uh, I think sometimes when we first hear the word prosper, depending on your background, you think money. Well, the Lord will prosper you. Uh, Really, it's more like enablement to increase. Uh, But the Lord enables you to increase in more areas than just money. The Lord enables you to increase in revelation. The Lord enables you to increase in knowledge. The Lord enables you to increase in finances and uh, walking in divine health. And um, there's so many things that we get through our inheritance. But if we don't know what we have, it doesn't do us any good. Now, I have like, um, most men have this, I think, like a secret spot in your wallet where you have like money. (laughs) And so... (laughs) Somebody's asking, do you have that? (laughs) So like there's a secret spot in your wallet. Well, I don't recall the exact event that happened to me, but I was somewhere and I needed money. And I'm like, I don't have any money. And I needed cash because they wouldn't take a credit card. (laughs) They wouldn't take a debit card. And I'm like, I need this. And I wasn't able to get what I needed. And I left and I went away and uh, all confused and like, man, this this is horrible. How did I not have any money? Well, sure enough, I think about it like 30 minutes later, like, I had this money in my wallet. Like, it was there the whole time. And it could have gotten me what I wanted, what I needed. Uh, But I didn't put it into circulation. I kept it in the secret place. (laughs) So secret. (laughs) Okay, I don't know. I'll tell them myself. But, you know, there is actually a a tape. Uh, When I first met my wife, uh, people say, like, how did you guys meet? Well, I was on staff at Rayma right after I had graduated. And we were doing interviews for second-year students coming in, asking them, you know, just different things. And so uh, one of my coworkers, Teresa, was there. And uh, we're looking, who do we interview this? Who do you interview? And I'm looking this way. And she's looking this way. And she says, oh, what about that girl over there? And I look. And like these lights are on and there's, there's my wife. And, uh, I didn't know she was going to be my wife at that point. It wasn't that spiritual apparently, (laughs) but I was attracted to her and, uh, I loved her smile and she was giggling. And when she gets nervous, she giggles more. And I'm like, Oh, this is cool. And so we went over and we interviewed her. And, um, uh, so I, I still, I just saw Teresa the week before last when I was in Tulsa and I thanked her again for my wife. (laughs) So I, anyhow, I video interviewed her, and it was on the old mini DV tapes when there were tapes. And uh, I put that thing in a very safe place that I still cannot find it. <laughs> she might have been praying that I couldn't find it. <laughs> but I don't know about you. Sometimes I'll take stuff and I'll put it in like such a safe place that even I can't find it. You know, I'm the one that placed it there. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> Where did I do with that? And uh, but I think that'll show up. So. Um, Sometimes you have stuff and you hide it away. And you hide it away so good that you can't even find it. 
Well, that's what really happens to us when we're born again, as we have these uh, things, these deep things of God that really are only revealed through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And um, we actually uh, partake of these things through the knowledge of him. But how are we going to have the knowledge of him? Well, I'm so glad that we have this prayer right here that tells us that we can pray and that we should pray for a knowledge and to acknowledge not only Jesus Christ, but our inheritance in him. Like what comes with the package? What do you get being part of this family? You ever joined like a new company or a new position? I remember when I was in high school, I joined the student council and, uh, or no, it was the superintendent student advisory board is what it was called. So I joined the superintendent student advisory board. Well, I didn't realize what was going to happen. So like they march you into this boardroom and you have like a little placard with your name on it and you have this whole packet and all these papers and these privileges and responsibilities, you know, it <laughs> goes both ways. Normally, like you look from the outside, you're like, look at all the privileges. And on the inside, you're like, look at all the responsibility. <laughs> And so you had all of this, but it came with the package. Or you work for a, a, a new company, and they're going to give you a laptop, and they're going to give you a car, and they're going to give you a spending allowance. And um, I've heard about that. <laughs> I have got the laptop before, but not the car and the spending allowance. <laughs> but I know people who have. <laughs> and so depending on the benefits with the company, well, we have the best benefits. But what happens is they're not automatic. You know, the last two weeks, I think I was talking about when we went uh, peach pitching, peach picking, not peach pitching, peach picking in Michigan. And when we lived in Michigan, we went peach picking this one time and you would just like rattle the branch and it would just like fall into your hand. And it was like, you didn't want to like wait till later. It's perfect for eating now. Some of them were actually over perfect for eating, Um, but they were like perfect and juicy and big. And so you would just shake it and it would, it would fall right off. And in fact, if you didn't, you didn't want to like bump it before you had your basket or your hand under it because it would fall to the ground. And um, it was just simple. Like you basically had to just be there and touch it and it would, it would show up, you know. And I think sometimes we get a, an idea of uh, our Christian walk and think like, I'll have to do a show up. And then automatic, you know, almost like waving a wand, like whoop. You know, Um, but um, there is a fight of faith. The Bible teaches us about the fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Well, why is that a good fight? Because we win. Because Jesus actually already got our victory for us. We actually just enforced the victory that he already got. So uh, what happens a lot of times is people will focus on Ephesians chapter 6. Do you know Ephesians chapter 6? Ephesians chapter 6 says... Um, verse 12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in the high places. And then people will say, Whoa, whoa, we're wrestling against, you know, uh, demons and devils, and we've got all this stuff going on. And then people start to say, like, Well, we got to, like, have a deliverance service and get people delivered and get people set free. And what happens is people start to focus on chapter 6, verse 12. But you know what? When I write a letter and when I do a subject, I like actually lay out, this is the introduction, this is the subject that we're going to be talking about, this is what's happening, and this is exactly what the Holy Spirit did through the Apostle Paul. And he said in verse 3 that we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Actually, if you go on, it says, Um, that we have been seated with him in heavenly places with Christ Jesus at the right hand of God. 
And so you can't take a scripture out of context and be balanced. So you have to look at scripture in light of scripture. So you can't take Ephesians 6, 12 and say, we wrestle against flesh and blood, principalities and powers, and oh, what are we going to do? We got this big wrestle. I got to fight the devil. You know what? You are no match for the devil apart from Christ. Jesus Christ has defeated the devil. But if you go to try to fight the devil in your own power and your own ability, you might be like the seven sons of Sceva. <laughs> they went and they did that, and the Bible says that they came back stripped naked. That is embarrassing. I mean, I imagine it would be embarrassing. <laughs> Again, it's never happened to me. <laughs> but we don't fight. We shouldn't fight, I should say, more accurately, in our own strength and our own ability. The Bible actually says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Not be strong in yourself and your own ability, your own accomplishments. So many. That, that's why the message of grace is such a wonderful message, because... Um, you know, we all want to like, okay, I accomplished this. I did this. And you ever like worked a really hard day and you just feel like really satisfied. Like you didn't want to do it. Like, okay, yesterday uh, it was cold <laughs> and, um, not Michigan cold, but Virginia cold. And, um, I've been running and I'm going to be running a marathon either later this year or next year. And It'd be my second marathon, and so I've been kind of trying to do extra training. And so Saturdays are my long run, and it's cold. And I said to my wife, <laughs> and I said, to my wife, I just really don't want to go. I just really don't want to go. And I said, she's laughing at like that. And I'm like, you'll know, like when you start doing more, like just don't laugh at me. And I said, so I'll probably just get out there and I'll just go like uh, three miles or something like that and, and come back. And I'll just, I'll just do a total of three. And so um, I get out there, and um, I'm like, I'm not going to go just three. Like, I'm going to go further. And so I went four miles. And thought, no, I'm not just going to, because I went five miles last time on a Saturday that I went. And so I wanted to go more. And once more, I was at four miles. And I thought, well, if I stop now, like, I'm going to stop short of what I did last time, but further than what I wanted. So I might as well keep going. Plus, I went in such a fashion that I wasn't doing a loop. I was going to call, or have her come pick me up, call her and have her come pick me up. <laughs> so I'm getting out there. And so I call her at like, uh, I was probably at like the four and a half. No. Yeah, probably four, four mile mark. I called her and said, hey, can you come get me? I've been running for about 30 minutes, jogging. And I said, uh, can you come get me in 15 minutes? She's like, Shy, what do you mean, like leave now? And I said, no, 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 meet me in 15 minutes. And I got this app on my phone that uh, she can track me with. And so, so I keep running, and like 15 minutes comes around, and she's not there. And I thought, well, that's fine. You know, we got four kids, and she had to get them around. And last time, she had some trouble following the app. And so I thought, well, well I'm just going to keep going. And so I just... Kept going, I'm jogging, jogging. So I'm over my, like, I'm at five and a half miles now and 45 minutes, and I'm like, okay, well, she's not here, and it's kind of cold, and I thought, well, if I stop running, I'm going to get really cold. So I thought, well, I might as well keep going. <laughs> so I keep trucking along, going, going, going. Man, I'm like at, at uh, six and a half miles and 60 minutes, and I'm like, where is she at? This is, like, excessive. <laughs> And so, so finally, I get to uh, the farm I used to work on uh, when I was a kid uh, and a couple times in the summer. And um, so I get to outside that farm, and there's a little creek, uh, Cromwell's Run. And I thought, well, it's in a valley. There's less wind, so I'll stop here. So I ran for like, I don't know, 
six and three quarters miles in 62 minutes. So it wasn't a fast one, but it was just a little jog. And, um, but I felt very satisfied afterwards. I was like, oh, that's pretty good. You know, my wife's going to follow the path and she'll be so impressed like how far I went. And she'll be like, this is amazing. <laughs> well, man, that was stolen from me because she got lost. <laughs> so she's driving all over. I wait another 30 minutes until she gets there, and then I am cold, and uh, she's such a wonderful wife. She found me. I dropped a pin and sent it to her, and so she was able to find me, which I'll do sooner next time. But <laughs> the point is that you do something like that. You go the extra mile. You work extra hard, and you know, you're kind of proud of it. You're like, wow, look what I did. You know, and, uh, you know, even if nobody else knows, you know. I'm like, wow, I went further and, and, uh, and did all that. Well, sometimes we'll try to like, take that over into our spiritual life. It'll like just go over there. And we'll be like, well, you know, like, you know, I, I prayed for like 30 minutes. And before I always prayed for 20 minutes. And now I prayed for 30 minutes. And, you know, we don't say, say it really, but we kind of have the, uh, well. Did you have a good time in prayer this morning? How was your prayer time, Eddie? You know? You know? Yeah. And you're waiting for them to ask you, like, well, how was your prayer time? Like, you know, they're like, I don't want to talk right now. You know, and, and uh, you're like, yeah, you pray for very long when you pray? Like, how long do you pray? You know, and uh, you start trying to like want to, like Jesus said, the praise of men. And if you get that, that's really all you get. That's your reward. So if you really want that, you can take it. But that's your reward. Uh, he said, when you pray, go into your closet. Don't really like broadcast it. Tell everybody all this type of stuff. But um, I found the most important thing is to manage your own heart, your own attitude, your own thoughts. Because uh, those thoughts, any thoughts like that could come against any of us. Like, well, well, look what you did. Or maybe you want people to see you. Or you want to be the expert. Or opposite is like, poor me, I amount to nothing. All of that is unbiblical. Either way you want to go. Right? Um, we want to live our life based on Christ's ability and what he has done. And the free gift that he gave to us. Not because we did anything. And um, that's called the grace of God. And so in order to tap into the grace of God, you have to actually know that something exists. You have to actually know that this is possible, that you could be healthy, that you could be healed, that you could be financially blessed, that you could hear from God, that you could hear God speak to you, that the Lord cares about you, that the Lord has a message to talk to you about, that the Lord has a call on your life. The Lord has a plan for every single person's life. It's just a matter of whether we realize it and go after it or not. And one of the ways you go after it is you get hungry and you get thirsty. You draw near to God, he'll draw near to you, and he'll begin to show you things. One of the best ways to draw near to God is to pray the prayers in Ephesians chapter 1 and Ephesians chapter 3. They're given by the Spirit of God. They're anointed by the Spirit of God. You can pray them in faith right now. You can pray them in faith today. You can pray them in faith this week. And they'll have the same anointing and the same power as when Paul prayed because it's the same Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not like multiple people. And he's not even multiple personalities. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. And he's the one that comes on us to anoint us and to show us and to reveal to us. And he will reveal to you uh, and to me, to anyone that will ask in faith, believing. So let me read this uh, real quick in the um, King James. And uh, we'll just get through, uh, apparently, the Ephesians chapter 1 prayer today. And we'll have to... Uh, 
continue next week. Cease not to give thanks for you, Paul praying, making mention of you in my prayers. I'm just going to use me in this so that when you read and pray it yourself, you can know how that is. That the God of my Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto me a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of my understanding being enlightened, that I may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power or the might of his power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places I have to tell you like that's the kind of power that's working in you and working in me the resurrection power the power that God used when he raised Christ from the dead okay and when he raised Christ from the dead he wasn't just overcoming Pastor Mark would say rigor mortis but he wasn't just overcoming physical death. You understand? Like he had laid on him the iniquities and the sins of all of us. Not all of us in this room, all of us that ever would or ever would be in existence. All of those sins, all of those iniquities, and then even by his stripes we were healed. I think I said last week, there's like 49 major classes that they have found that they can classify every sickness and every disease in, and he was whipped 49 times. Okay? So... That, that power that raised him from the dead, that me, we might understand the mighty working of that power, that that power is at work within us. Well, what if you actually knew that and believed it? When you came against something, uh, like you can't find your favorite pen, I'm saying something insignificant, but you're like, this is really upsetting me. Well, if you become God inside-minded, It'll actually change how you act. It'll change how you react. Because you realize, wait a second, I've got the power source on the inside of me. And not only do you have the power source, you actually have the source of all wisdom and revelation and knowledge living on the inside of you, waiting for you to ask. The Holy Spirit is just like God the Father, just like Jesus Christ, perfect gentleman. Not going to push things off on you, not going to force you, not going to uh, make you do things, but he's going to give you opportunities to take advantage of what he shows you. But what do we have to do? We act in faith. God, um, Smith Wigglesworth said, it seems like God would pass over a million people just to get to one person who's acting in faith. Well, I mean, I think of it also this way. If you act on what Jesus said, then you can have the blessings that Jesus offers. So you say like, oh, God's looking to like uh, act and move and go across all these people just to get to you. Well, what if you're the only one that's like Peter stepping out of the boat? He didn't say, Peter, get out of the boat. He said, get out of the boat. And Peter's the only one that got out of the boat. So what if it is actually reality that you can overcome natural things by the supernatural power of God standing on the word of Jesus himself, on his word? What if that's actually true? And the thing about it is that Peter just got in line with that reality. And everybody else just was like, whoa, what's going on? Sorry, like this, because they're, you know, it's wavy. They're like, whoa. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> they're focused on the naturals, what I'm trying to say, right? Um, but, but Peter listened, and he spoke. Um, excuse me, he moved based on what Jesus spoke. And so Peter was really walking on the words of Christ, you understand that. Uh, and it made him walk on the water. And then as soon as he started to get his eyes off of Christ, uh, he began to sink. He didn't sink. He began to sink. 
So like, you know, I pictured it like, you know, because if you sink, you're like as fast as gravity would take you into the water. He began to sink. But we are uh, to stand upon the word of God, and he has opened up to us through the Holy Spirit secrets and mysteries and great things from him, hidden things that have been hidden from generation after generation after generation after generation, but the word of God says has been revealed or opened up to us at this present time, available to us. You know, I'm getting ready to go to, um, I think this week, my wife's going to take me on a date to the Library of Congress, and I'm going to get my little Library of Congress card, expires after two years, but you can be a certified researcher, and I love to research, and so there's some old books, of, uh, you know, actually some old Bibles that I want to, uh, there's a few uh, verses I want to check out in some of them, and there's some old books, and that'll give me access to some things that I haven't had access to before. And it's amazing when you get access to stuff, what you can learn, what you can find out. Uh, It's a tremendous thing. But man, access to the things of God. Me having access to an old Bible doesn't mean a whole lot if I don't have the Holy Spirit showing me and guiding me and lighting it up. Like, because I've read the Word of God without the Holy Spirit, and it's a nice book, but it's not full of life. But when He brings it, He is the Spirit of reality. He makes the things of Christ real. In other words, tangible. In other words, I believe He even showed Peter, like, Christ spoke that. Now this is so real, you can move on it. Right? And so sometimes we're trying to act and we don't have the Spirit of God showing us and revealing to us, and it's a lot more challenging because you're kind of like, whoa, you know, your head's like screaming the whole time. You need the Word of God to stand on. You need the Spirit of God to, to open up the Word to you. And we have it right here, uh, prayers that will do that in Ephesians chapter 1 and Ephesians chapter 3. And next week, uh, I think I'll read you Carpenter's translation because it's a wonderful translation, but uh, we don't have time today. So stand with me if you would. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here this morning or you're listening online and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've not come into the family of God, you actually have to receive Jesus Christ. He is to be received. Uh, You can believe in Jesus. You can even believe that God raised him from the dead. But if you don't receive him, you're not born again. You're not created anew, become a new creature. So if that's you here this morning and you'd like to uh, receive him, and uh, I'll love to pray with you and for you, just slip up your hand and uh, we'll pray with you and for you. And if you're listening online, please email us at info at anchordc.org. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, that your word is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing our soul and our spirit. Father, we thank you for your spirit that he leads us and guides us and reveals to us. And so I just pray for each and every person here and each and every person listening, that you, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give unto us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him and the knowledge of you and the knowledge of Christ and the knowledge even of the working of your spirit, the eyes of our understanding being enlightened and flooded with light that we may know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints and what's that great power, the exceeding greatness of your power that's directed toward us and working in us who believe according to the working of your mighty power which you wrought in Christ, worked in Christ, used in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him at your own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, dominion, and every name that's named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And Father, that you've put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. Father, open that to us. 
Cause that to operate in our lives. Make it real to us, Father. Give us a hunger, a desire, and remind us this week to pray that prayer every single day, Father, that we can enter into these wonderful truths that you have given to us, Father, that we might know what we have and act upon it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.